I did that. We'll go ahead and get started. This is the October 26, 2023 meeting of the Louisville Metro Land Development and Transportation Committee. This meeting is being conducted in person at the OGL Auditorium, 514 West Liberty Street, as well as by live video teleconference in accordance with KRS Chapter 61. Members of the public were informed of the option of viewing and participating virtually or in person. Public notice has been provided and materials have been available for review by the public. The following rules are in place for today's meeting. Please silence all cell phones. Please be courteous and respectful to the commission and your fellow citizens. Agenda and staff reports are located near the entry of the auditorium on louisville.legistar.com. For those participating virtually, chat messages are not part of the record and not monitored by all members. Please refrain from sending messages to the panel. If you have questions or if you would like to speak, you may send a message to the host. Today's proceedings are being recorded. Anyone wishing to address the commission must do so from the podium or virtually. The purpose of the Land Development and Transportation Committee is to review the technical aspects of a proposed development. It is most helpful to this committee if comments and requests are related to specific issues that are technical in nature. For example, traffic, topographical features, drainage and stormwater, parking, orientation or location of structures, and other similar items. This meeting is not a public hearing. Cases which require a public hearing before the full planning commission will be, will be reviewed by this committee. And when the technical issues have been fully addressed, this committee will set a date for a public hearing. Additional notice of a full public hearing will be sent in accordance with state statutes and adopted policies. Staff will have five minutes to present a brief summary of each case, including a description of the proposal and an outline of the most important issue. The staff will provide to the members in advance of today's hearing. Copies of the staff report have been available online. We will not read the staff report into the record. Having the staff report for each case on the agenda is hereby incorporated into the official record of this hearing. Next, the applicant or representative may have up to 20 minutes to make a statement in support of the application being considered by the Land Development and Transportation Committee. Other persons in support of the applications will then be heard. Thereafter, those in opposition to the application will have 25 minutes to offer comments on the proposal. Finally, the applicant or representative will have five minutes for a rebuttal. During a person's time to speak, he or she may ask any questions of any prior speakers or government employees present who has reviewed the case. Each speaker must remain available for a question, otherwise his or her testimony will not be considered. All speakers are asked to state their name and address, including zip code for the record, before making any statements. Any statements related to the case must be made during the public portion of the hearing. The Land Development and Transportation Committee's deliberation and voting on each case will occur in business session held immediately after the conclusion of the testimony related to the case. Roll call, please. Carlson. Here. Kern. Here. Cheek. Here. Sistrunk. Here. Thank you. Um, first item on the agenda is approval of the October 12, 2023 LDNT minute, minutes and 
commissioners that were not present were Suzanne Cheek and Rich Carlson. Oh. Can we um, act? Uh, Mr. Chairman, just for purposes of process, I will move approval of the minutes of the Land Development Transportation Committee meeting for October 12th, even though I'll be abstaining. Second. Properly made motion and second. Roll call vote, please. Cheek. Yes. Uh, excuse me. Abstain. Kern. Yes. Carlson. Abstain. And Sistrunk. Yes. Thank you. Next item on the agenda is um, new business. It's 23 Street Closure 0027. It's a closure of about 13.5 feet of alley bounded by Drescher Bridge Avenue and Bertie Avenue and Thompson Avenue and Delmont Avenue. The project name is Toll Unnamed Alley Closure and the case manager is John Michael Lawler. John, I'll turn it over to you. All right, thank you. Howdy, uh, John Michael Waller, Office of Planning, uh, 444 South 5th Street, 40202. Uh, so this is for an unnamed alley. Uh, it's a 13 and a half foot alley bounded by, like you said, Dresher Bridge and Birdie and Thompson and Delmont. Um, go to the next slide. So in the technical review, I was gonna mention, uh, there are a few more items in the staff report, but specifically, uh, Public Works said they supported a full alley closure, but it was conditioned that the existing gravel within the uh, proposed closure is removed or that it would be improved to a hard and durable surface uh, if it was to be used as a driveway. Uh, and then they had some other procedural things in there. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, uh, if you want to go to the next slide. Um, actually, stay on that slide. Go back. I'm sorry. There was one other thing I wanted to mention. So they also said that... Uh, if it was to be improved, they wanted to see all of the stuff submitted to public works prior to planning commission public hearing being uh, decided on. So that was one other thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, this is the alley. So like I said, or like I said, it's uh, bound by Birdie and Dresher Bridge and then Thompson and kind of Delmont down to the, the southwest. Uh, you want to go to the next slide? There's the aerial, as you can see, actually on both sides, it's kind of used as a driveway. So there on the south, that's where the applicant's property is. And then to the north, there's another property, a couple properties using it as a, as a driveway, at least partially. Um, you wanna go to the next slide. This is a development plan. It's just the, just the plat. Next slide. I tried my best to outline this so you could kind of see where it was and I was having to work off of the uh, plat and also the aerials. So this is roughly where the alley would be if it were improved. If you go to the next slide, it's from the opposite side. It's really skinny. If you go one more, it's zoomed in. That's where the alley is on the opposite side. So throughout it's about, like I said, 13 and a half feet wide. Uh, and it's that grassy area on, on that side. Uh, if you go to the next slide, uh, staff's finding was that the case is ready for a public hearing before the full planning commission. Obviously, uh, there was the part about needing to figure out the, the bonds and all that stuff, construction permits. Um, but otherwise it is ready. And uh, if you go to the next slide, 
uh, your required action is to place it on the next available planning commission. And since this didn't have 100% uh, consent, uh, it would need 30 days notice. So it would be probably December. Um, but do you guys have any questions? Questions, commissioners? Yes, sir. How come you didn't get 100%? Was the property owners not able to be reached? She had all of them except for one, and it was just an LLC, and it seemed like the guy just didn't want to deal with it. So okay. she had all but one property. And does somebody have to say, yeah, we're okay with removing the gravel and either putting it down with, with grass or hard surfacing it? I think my understanding is that you guys will just have to ask Marcella, the applicant, about her intent for either removal or uh, improvement, I guess, to just to get that that going. Well, and also it needed to be submitted too, but uh, I didn't know if that could happen after this meeting or or what. So I take it she's here because the cyan blow up. Okay, yes. thank you. We'll hear more. Any other questions? And hearing no other questions, we'll move to the applicant, um, Marcella Tully. Yes, ma'am. And as a reminder, if you could state your full name, address, along with your zip code before making any statements um, from the podium, please. Marcella Louise Tull, 246 Thompson Avenue. It's Louisville 40206. Did y'all hear me? I did. Yes. Yes, you're okay. I'm nervous. Okay. Do, do you have anything you want to add to what was already said? Well, unless you go back about 30 years, it was a big weed patch, rats. I've lived there for since 1976, two houses over. And we cleared all that. A Mary Gent was a lady that was very helpful. I imagine she's deceased by now, but I've rocked it. I got sidewalk on part of it on the house next door. Uh, I've took care of it all this time. And I never had a problem until I had a neighbor problem. <laughs> and then all this started. But I, we've, I've used it all these many years. And no one's ever said anything. Um, commissioners, we have any questions? Yes, sir. You know, there's a request to condition any closure of the alley on the gra the gravel being removed and or replaced with hard surface. Well, I'm planning on blacktopping, not the whole alley, but the part of my property. Is that the only part that has a gravel on it or does the full length have gravel? No, it's got grass over there. Okay. So the only gravel part is on your land and or what would be your land? Yeah, part my land and part uh, my neighbors. Okay, are you gonna do the blacktop on the neighbor or is the neighbor gonna have to do it? I would do it on the whole, however many feet okay. that is. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. That all? That's all. Any other questions, commissioners? Okay, hearing none, that, that's it. Um, hearing no other questions, do we have anyone signed up to speak online? 
We have additional forms. We have, um, is this Ken Burkhead? Okay, thank you. Ken Burkhead, I, if you can come to the podium, please. And you're signed up as neutral or other. First of all, I'd like to start off by saying. Um, if you could name and address first, I'm sorry. But your zip code. Ken Burkhead, 233 Delmont, 40206. You can continue. I've lived in the area for 22 years, and Marcella is a very good neighbor. Uh, we've talked several times in 22 years. Um, and basically, I just wanted to give an overview of the area. Um, I never knew that much about that area until I was asked to join the neighborhood boards. And you start learning things that you never even noticed or heard before. And in that immediate area, there are at least five undeveloped alleys. Uh, that are not developed, partially developed or whatever. And I don't know how many of the people involved with this, getting it this far, looked at that area. But I think most people just looked at Marcella's property, which her son was using it, I think, to park cars on because he worked on cars in the garage. Probably if he had not been there working on cars and parking cars there, this probably wouldn't even be going on and she'd be content probably with the way it was. But evidently someone got upset because it was visual, whatever, because there's a boat there also. But I wonder how many of these people from public works or whoever that inspected the property bothered to walk down that alley all all of those house numbers including marcella's faces thompson her whole property faces dresher bridge but her address is 246 thompson and below her are four to five houses every one of those houses have extended their backyards all the way to the fence of 1865 dresher bridge and they have a very nice chain link fence up. They've all extended their yards all the way across that alley as if they have eminent domain. Uh, and I would be almost willing to say there is also some construction in that area that has been done probably with no permission. Um, in the other four or five alleys that I've walked around there's been encroachment into those alleys, I'm sure with no permission from the city because it's out of sight, out of mind. This area was called Summit Park. It was developed in 1898 and they started doing the roads and so forth back in 1910. 
The roads originally were macadam, which was crushed stone with tar. That's what the roads were. And <laughs> originally Dresher Bridge was called Joseph. Originally Thompson was called Frank. And a lot of those things changed over the years. And I think that area and I learned it more after I joined the board and the longer I've lived there, it's kind of, even though 32 is at the end of Dresher Bridge, sits on a large piece of land and they've been there 62 years. Uh, and they use Dresher Bridge for all of their news vehicles and all of their uh, employees. The circular drive that faces Melwood is just for aesthetics. But a lot of that area, I think, is out of sight, out of mind. And there may be other places in the city or, that are the same way. But being up on that knob, out of sight, out of mind, I get the impression that a few people have always done what they want to do. And good, bad, or indifferent, I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying when I moved there, I wanted to replace my fence in my backyard because I got a dog that would clear a four foot chain link fence. I came to downtown to the city. Tell me what I need to do in order to put up a stockade fence, wooden fence. They said, you put it back exactly where you take your chain link up. I said, I'll do that. So in the back, I said, how far can I go toward the alley? And they go, you can go X amount of feet from your house. I said, I'd really like to go back a little farther. In what I know now, and seeing what I've seen in some areas, I should have just put it where I wanted to put it. But I did it the right way. The actual alley behind that's undeveloped behind my house is 23 feet wide. That's how wide it is. Um, I, I hate to stop you, but I, I but need, that's basically need, need to focus I just, on I this case. I just to throw that stuff out okay. because uh, if this is killed as a alley, I'm understanding that all the property will be divvied up among the homeowners. And I'm thinking, okay, you're just making it legal because they've always made it theirs anyway. So that's all I wanted to say. And and that's nothing, you know, against the one that's presenting it today. Thank you. Um, that's all I have signed up. Signed up to speak. Do we have anyone else online? No one else signed up to speak. We will now um, discuss whether we are going to send this one over to the planning commission, full planning commission um, for um, review and approval. And then what is our next uh, planning commission date? So this would be set for December 7th. Thank you. Commissioners, uh, do we feel this is ready to go to a full public hearing on December 7th? I don't see anything that's keeping it from that. We should probably have a discussion about this condition as uh, some of these things are uh, indicated to uh, be required before it goes to planning commission. Uh, Jay, if you could pull that back up. 
So uh, the condition that Public Works is requesting is that construction plans, bond, and a permit to work within the Dresher Bridge right-of-way to construct a hard and durable driveway approach shall be submitted for review prior to the Planning Commission. Uh, so this is requiring the applicant to put money and construction plans forward prior to the street closure even being approved by Metro Council. So we probably want to have a discussion about is that the appropriate time to require them to do that when the, the closure has not been approved. It, and I can speak to the concern there. Uh, and if you want to pull up the aerial, there is a concern. Um, so as the gentleman spoke before, as a reminder, um, the property is going to go back to the owners on either side. Where the gravel is today, it appears from the aerial, I know it's not a survey, but it appears that there is gravel on what would be the neighbor's property. So that is the concern is that um, something would be in place that would then be somebody else's problem when it is the applicant who should be responsible for correcting that. Yeah, so I think generally in the past when we've had something like this, um, where we either needed an improvement or we needed something removed, we usually condition that to be completed prior to final recording of the closure. And that way it gives us the ability to enforce that and that, you know, we can hold a recording until they that's get a bond receipt or something like that. And so that's, that gives them the opportunity to where they can still go through Metro Council and know that they're going to have an approval and then they can put forth the money or remove the gravel or whatever it is at that time. I would be fine with that timing. And we could talk further um, at the Planning Commission about this condition and change it at that point. It doesn't need to be changed at this point. Um, John Michael has noted uh, this agreement, so uh, we'll provide new information uh, with the language change at Planning Commission. Okay, and I, and I think that works. Yes, sir. Does the applicant understand what we're talking about doing? So she knows what all is going on. Uh, if you could speak from the podium, please. You know, I've been fine with this like it is all along, but because of the what's happened, I plan on, I've already spent $2,000. I plan on blacktopping the whole 13 foot back to my, my property. Now, the rest of it is grace and nobody's got anything on that. They don't want anything on it. They're fine with whatever I do. I was born on a hill in 1947, one street over. So not, I've been there Not to interrupt you, ma'am, but, but I, sorry. I don't know if legal counsel needs to explain the implication of the closure that only half of it would go to the applicant. So it would not be the full 13 feet. This is my concern. No, I know that. I know that. But you, you can't, if you're going to blacktop the entire, what is currently an alley, you will not own the entire alley once it is closed. You will own half of it. Right. And I've talked with them and told them that I wanted to do this. 
that they didn't have to pay for half. I'm fine with doing whatever I had to do. I just want to live in peace. You know, this is a, just somebody who was upset with me. And that's why they're doing this. They're calling everybody and everything. And my son don't run a car garage there. He works on his junky cars. But I, I you know, I, I I know that the whole alley won't be mine. I know that. But I wouldn't want to place. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Fixed up. Go ahead and finish your statement, and then. Well, I just, I, I wouldn't want to do half the driveway. It would look terrible. It would look worse than it does now. But I'm willing to pay, and they're willing to let me do it. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I would say probably if you could get a letter from the the people that would be getting the other half of that alley adjacent to you, that would be helpful. That way we're really sure that the, everybody's in agreement with that and that you're not faced with the big surprise down the road. And Well, that's what I don't want. I mean, right. I'm on a fixed income. Right. I didn't want this. Yeah, I want to be sure everybody knows everything yeah. there is to know and everybody's agreeable with what's going on so it doesn't get to be a, a real bad situation for yeah. everybody. What I don't want to do is blacktop this and then y'all tell me, you're not going to close it. Well, I understand that, but, and I, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but I would say for sure you would need to have something in writing from the people that would be on the other side of that line or the, I can get that. I, I, I think that way there's no surprises. And I can address that a little bit. So if it is to be black topped and you will be using that full 13 and a half feet, you'll have to get an easement from a shared access easement from that a property owner to legalize that request. So they would have to have a legal agreement with that adjacent property owner to use that, that driveway. So that would resolve maybe what your comment was, uh, Commissioner Carlson. To, to use it, but not to blacktop it necessarily, correct? Yeah. They would need an agreement to blacktop it and to use it okay because it's essentially going to be on somebody else's property half of it's going to be on somebody else's property so um, there's some things that have to happen uh before uh we could record this according to this condition so which includes a shared access and and some other items that'll need to be clarified and if those items, so we go to the planning commission, we voted to um, close the alley. If those things are not done, then the alley just is not recorded as closed, right? It still is a open alley. It'll be open until Metro Council closes it. And then once Metro Council closes it, they'll have to do the construction plans, bond, permit, access easement. Uh, to be able to do that and the adjacent property owner will have to be a party to those items. So what happens if Metro closes it and those items are not done? They won't be able, we wouldn't record the closure. So it'll stay open until That's the closure is, is uh, completed and recorded at the uh, deed room. Perfect. 
that's what I was trying to source for. That. Okay, sorry. I would think that we we'll go ahead and schedule the hearing, but there probably needs to be a conversation with the applicant and staff so that there's no surprises. And yeah, yeah, and I think and and for us, I think the problem to Chief Carlson's point is we can decide all the way up to Planning Commission and even. Um, Metro Council to close it, but unless it's full understanding of those final steps, then this will never get done. So that's just want to make sure you understand that. So the conversation can happen with staff to make sure this is fully understood. All right. Mr. Lawler helped me with that. I think yep. he's helped me all along this way because I don't know what I'm doing, honestly. Okay. Um, Julia, sorry. I've did not write down the date. What's the date again? December 7th. All right, let me ask again. Are we okay to move this to December 7th planning commission meeting? All right, hearing no objections, um, we will move this to a December 7th, um, 2023 planning commission meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, I believe the other fellow may have a question. The drawing that was just up. Yes. That has the long arrow. If you'll notice, most of that property that those houses back up to belongs to 1865 Drescher Bridge. Um, and all of those people have extended their yard back to join onto his chain link fence. So, if the way I understand it, if this is closed, the 1865 Drescher Bridge will get half of that alley, the whole length of his property. So will all of those homeowners be told, you're gonna have to move your fences back to your domain? Yes, they they will be informed of the alley closure and they will um, be explained of their new property lines. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next. Next item on our agenda is um, 23DDP0039. It's a detailed district development plan um, for a convenience store with related LDC waivers and a parking waiver. Um, it's a Wawa at Preston Crossing located at 9650 Preston Crossing Boulevard. And the um, case manager is John Michael Lawler. Commissioner Sistrunk, I'd like to go on the record that I represented Menards in the acquisition of this property. And I am working with a Wawa developer on a completely unrelated piece of property as a listing agent. But I don't think that poses any conflict with any review of this case. Okay, thank you. With her being a listing agent, that doesn't pose. Okay, okay, correct. Okay, and then I don't have our show. I have Paul Bemis Jr. signed up to speak but didn't give a case number. So... Uh, I don't show that I have anyone signed up to speak for this case. Do we have anyone signed up to speak for 23DDP0039? Okay, John, you take it away. All right, howdy. John Michael Lawler, Office of Planning, 444 South 5th Street, 40202. Uh, this is the Wawa Preston at Preston Crossing. Uh, if you want to go to the next slide, yeah. So they have two waivers that they're requesting with this and a parking waiver. Uh, the two waivers, uh, one was to not provide a pedestrian connection to Preston Highway. 
Uh, and you'll see later why that kind of makes sense. And then uh, the waiver from uh, 10 to 10, and that's for uh, the UA LBA. Uh, they had a retaining wall and also some easements that it would have been uh, bumping into. So uh, they requested that. They're not getting rid of it. They're just reducing it in a couple of areas. Um, the parking waiver, they asked for 66 parking spaces. Uh, their max was 24. Uh, so that's up to you guys to decide whether or not that is seen as acceptable or necessary. Uh, and then uh, you just have the detailed district development plan. So they're doing a convenience store with a fuel canopy. Um, okay. So this is the site. Uh, it's at the corner of Cooper Chapel and Preston Highway. Uh, the Menards is there to the southeast. Um, and that's a private drive. Preston Crossing Boulevard is. Um, if you go to the next slide, here's that aerial. Uh, if you go one more slide, should be the development plan. Uh, so go one more, and I have an exhibit to show you where the waiver is for the VUA LBA. Um, that just shows you, so like that dotted line by the yellow there is the retaining wall. Uh, so they're putting that behind the curb like they're supposed to. They just weren't able to provide all of it where the retaining wall was provided. And then down at the bottom, uh, the other dashed lines on either side are an easement. So rather than providing that LBA in the easement uh, where it could wash out, they just decided that they would request to not provide it. Um, next slide. This is the uh, this is the elevation uh, for the building, uh, all four sides. And then if you go one more slide, it's the fuel canopy. Um, if you go one more slide, this is the subject property. Uh, so this is from uh, this is from Cooper Chapel over by the entrance to Menards. If you go one more slide, this is from Preston. So you see the elevation change from the road up to the uh, to where that sign is. That's essentially where they're, they're they would be placed as well. Um, and there's no sidewalk provided along that part. Um, it is on the elevated side, but not down towards the road. Um, if you go to the next slide, uh, these are just the adjacent properties. So this is across Preston Highway at the intersection of Cooper Chapel. This is across Cooper Chapel. Uh, and then that's the Menards, obviously. Um, one more slide. Uh, so the staff finds that the uh, two waivers are adequately justified for approval uh, and that the detailed district development plan is generally in keeping with the LDC, comprehensive plan and the land development or the general development plan. Uh, and like I said, it's up to you guys to determine if the applicant has provided sufficient justification for the parking waiver. They submitted uh, a study to try to show the need there. Um, and then if you want to go one more slide. Uh, so your required actions would be to approve or deny the waiver. Uh, both of them, the to approve or deny the parking waiver and to approve or deny the detailed district development plan. Um, do you guys have any questions for me? Any questions, commissioners? I, I do have a question. Yes. Um, so I I read through the hefty traffic study, and there were uh, there was one recommendation, um, and that was the right turn lane at Cooper Chapel and Preston Crossing Boulevard, and is not shown on the plan. It does not appear. Um. um. 
I didn't get, I don't think I had any comments about that just as far as from transportation. Um, cause we don't, I won't review the traffic impact study. That's for, tra that's for transportation and KYTC if they're involved. Um, I don't think anything came from it. Okay. Yeah. As far as a recommendation from they, us, they need to do the turn lane. So, however, that needs to carry forward on the plan, the recommended okay. turn lane. Um, the other recommendation that came out of it is um, there was an issue across the street, Old Preston Crossing um, at Commerce Crossing. Um, we're happy to work with the applicant, but uh, it would be nice there. They had noted that uh, some enhancements would be desirable, but not necessarily. Uh, practical to implement, and it would be nice if there they could help to mitigate with some additional striping um, okay. just to clean up. Okay. Uh, nothing crazy, um, but those were the only questions I had. And you can, t I think they should be online or something. The oh, sorry, thank you. Um, I was gonna say I, th I thought they were gonna be here, um, so you you can talk to them directly about that. Um, yeah. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Is there any sidewalk connectivity to that road coming off of Cooper Chapel going into Menards? Yes, there is. So, and will the Wawas have a sidewalk connection to that or way for? Yes. So, pedestrians will have access to a sidewalk. If you see that crosswalk down in the very bottom right corner, that goes across their little private drive there to a sidewalk that then connects to Cooper Chapel Road. And that connects to to Preston Highway. So, if you were coming from either intersection uh, on Preston on either side of Menards, you could get to the Wawa uh, from either side. You just go through the Menards site from the south, if that makes sense. Yep. From the north, you would just come from the intersection. Has there been any discussion about a traffic signal at Maple Spring and? Preston Highway. If if you go come into Menards from Cooper Chapel Road and you go down, you'll get into Maple Spring, where it then turns into Preston Highway. You probably need to come back out a little bit more if you have. Oh, is that to the south? Yep. Um, I was not aware of any discussion of that. Um, it may be a question for Public Works or Transportation. But it wasn't it wasn't part of this review. Once upon a time ago, uh, when the Menards was coming in, I thought that there needed to be some traffic control there at Preston and Maple Spring because I anticipated a lot of traffic entering and exiting from Menards at, at that particular location. And uh, that idea was pretty summarily rejected by uh, the applicant for Menards. And they said, well, when they get additional selling of the outlots, then maybe that can be considered. So it looks like there's some additional outlot works and time for that to be considered. That's stupid transportation planning. I last I had heard, which has been a few months, the state had looked at that intersection and did not think it met warrant at that point. Um, I don't believe the traffic study um, had very many trips going, uh, if any, going into the Menards parking lot and out that rear way. 
So they were just concentrating on the traffic going in and out um, through the front entrance. So I said, um, you can ask KYTC to look at the warrant again for that signal, but um, I don't believe it's going to meet their their warrant yet. And I don't know if this is as simple as I can make the explanation, but let's say there's five outlots at Menards, this being one of them, you know, it, it doesn't meet warrants now, but with the Wawa's coming in and then eventually lot two gets developed and that might be getting close, but it does meet warrants and lot three gets it even closer, but lot four is the one that pushes it over. So that means the poor developer of lot four says, hey, I'm being expected to pay for this whole traffic signal where I'm not creating a whole problem and we haven't addressed this with the previous people. I don't know. I mean, you could set them up to pay a portion of it if it would even be possible, but I, I would suggest that uh, we wait until the planning commission and try to get an answer from KYTC, whether that is even feasible to have a signal there one day. This won't be going to planning commission, will it? Oh. This is final action here today. Um, then as a detailed development plan, I'm not sure we can put that commission, that kind of improvement on it. That would be question maybe more for legal counsel, whether you can an offsite improvement. Well, I'm just future. thinking way down the road because yeah, additional development. And I'm not sure that it's ever going to come to fruition, even with all five lots developed. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I still think it's a possibility that's not going to come to fruition of a, having a signal there um, because there's no other traffic. And I think the, the main point is to get the traffic out. There, there's no other traffic right now, but if those other outlots. Down Maple Spring. Right. Right, yeah. And I then there's so. also that, you know, uh, Seven Brew Coffee Place that we approved not long ago and some other things. So here's know, a question for Commissioner Kern. Is is as all of that develops, having been the agent who did the uh, gas station and the Chick-fil-A and there is development along there, is that is Maple Spring too close to get another traffic light because you have the one at Cooper Chapel and then you have the light at Interchange. So what's the distance that you could install a traffic light and what would the volume be to put a traffic light there? You could technically put a traffic light there. Uh, the issue or the benefit of having lights, as you referenced, both at, both at Commerce Crossing, Cooper Chapel, and at Interchange is that ideally you would have the grouping of vehicles coming and going from those signals that would allow the gaps so that you would have the ability to exit from that intersection. But they said at the time it, when Menards was developed, it didn't meet warrants, but we'll, we'll take that up when these other outlots are sold and, and they start contributing to the traffic volume. You know, well, I'm, I'm seeing one of the outlots coming in for development and I'm, I think, okay, here's that time we need to at least think about it. But but if you, if you use that same methodology that they used on Menards and said it, it doesn't meet warrants, and if I understand um, Beth correct, this one will not meet warrants either. 
So this one would fall under the same category as Menards. Now, I do understand the question of the final lot. If it meets warrants, then they need to pay for the entire. But you would have had to have that same thought concept with Menards and they would have had to contribute a portion. But but the last person is going to say and, and there probably be some understanding. It's not fair to saddle that one last person with the whole cost of this because they're not. I, I hear you, but if you're going to keep the same thought process, the biggest portion of the lots didn't have to pay any. Well, I sure tried to keep. <laughs> so to keep so I'm just saying if, if we're going to. I guess I agree with whatever was said that we shouldn't make this a condition. Well, let's let's just talk about it during deliberation. Okay. But if 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 you're going to change the rules, then we should have had Menards pay. So but we can keep going. Um, any other questions for Mike? All right, hearing none. I know I don't have anyone signed up to speak for this case, but I'm hearing that. Representative is here. Yeah. Did they do a form? Speaker's form. Yeah. Okay, perfect. As a reminder, if you could state your name, um, address, and zip code, and then continue with your statement, and then immediately follow and provide a, a card, please. Thank you. Paul Hansen with CESO or the Consulting Engineers, address 3601 Rigby 45342. So as, yo, thank you. As John Michaels pointed out, um, proposed Wawa, it's 5,900 square feet, fueling canopy. Uh, Wawa is new to the Louisville metro area, as you guys have probably heard. You may have seen some other stores come through. Uh, there is nothing like a Wawa. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Wawa. They're in the East Coast or down in Florida. Uh, they're really known for their sandwiches, delis, breakfast foods, things like that, coffee. Um, so we've colored in the site plan for you. Uh, the building, the fuel canopy are in the brown. The uh, green is the grass areas, uh, the light gray, the pavement didn't really show up on this one. The red is a future uh, electrical vehicle charging area. So, and then the blue-ish is where the uh, drainage ditches are today. Uh, and we're, I just wanted to highlight where they were so everybody understood. Requesting two waivers for the sidewalk. Uh, the connection is, as John Michael said, connected from the north and on uh, the west side of Preston Crossing Boulevard and to the south from the Menards, making the grade change, uh, the sidewalk wouldn't be ADA compliant coming up from Preston Highway, uh, right in directly into our site there at the southwest corner. So we utilized the internal sidewalk and then crossed over to Preston Crossing Boulevard to make the pedestrian crossings. Waiver for the landscaping, uh, we have a retaining wall. We're still putting in a lot of landscaping. We just can't meet the 15 foot in the area identified by the retaining wall and the drainage ditch to the southwest. We don't want to, we don't feel placing landscaping in a drainage ditch is, is a wise idea. The uh, parking study we had done, well, the first iteration, we did a parking study using the ITE trip generation, uh, using all the breakdowns within the Wawa of fueling. It's kind of a restaurant more than a C store, but the deli and the, all the food. And that came out to be like 65 spaces, according to the chip generation. The city had asked for a parking study. We Wawa had never done one. 
they provided one in Delaware. Uh, it's the closest one that was being done for other purposes as well. When we broke that down, slightly smaller store, less parking, two less canopies, we bumped that up to be correspondent with this store and it still comes out to be like 65 spaces that Wawa needs. I can promise you on historical averages, Wawa is not gonna underpark their development. They're gonna provide what they need for their customers and their employees on shift. So we would ask that you allow us to have the 66 parking spaces instead of 24. 24 is just not enough for this development. It's not like a Circle K where they have a few cars. Um, this one's much, and as you can see by a chip generation, it generates quite a bit of quite a bit of trips in the AM and PM peaks. MSD is approved at KYTC is still reviewing the traffic study, if I'm not incorrect, John Michael. They haven't provided any comments yet. Um, the history though of Wawa started in 1902 as a dairy farm in Wawa, Pennsylvania. Started selling a convenience in the 60s and today operates over 1,200 stores in, along the East Coast in Florida. And they're reaching out to the Midwest now. Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana, and Tennessee is their new markets. So, any questions for me? Questions, commissioners? Yes, I do have a question. You don't have a drive-through no. lane. And I've heard Wawa really described as a restaurant that sells gas with high regards for your food. Yep. So, your rationale for needing this parking is because you're not doing any, you might have walk-in and take-away food, but you have a fair amount of sit-down there are some tables inside for and outside for people to sit down at. Yeah, this is not a drive-through. Okay. So everybody comes into the store. Needs a parking place. Need, needs a parking place and then leaves. Yep. And some people, after they fill up with fuel, they'll drive up, park, go inside, get what they, their fuel or their food, their coffee, and then leave. Yeah. Trust me, Wawa would not underpark their site. If they say they need 66, they need 66. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. How many seats do you have inside the restaurant or thereabouts? Oh, no one tables inside. They're just outside at the tables. There's not inside. There's just a walk-up deli. So there's not inside. So How many places can people sit there and partake of their Probably food? Probably 10 or 12. Okay. It's not a lot. Most people get it to come in, get it, and then leave. Okay. And how big did you say the store itself was? 5,913 square feet. All right, thanks. Yep. Any, other, any other questions, commissioners? I hear no other questions. And if you could just make yeah. sure to get a speaker's form. And having no one else, do we have anyone online? Okay. And having no one else signed up to speak, we're going to close the public hearing and have a discussion on the um, four required actions, um, which are to approve or deny the waiver um, from LDC section 5.5.2, approve or deny the waiver from LD section 10.2.10, and approve or deny the parking waiver to provide 66 parking spaces, then approve or deny the detailed district development plan. Commissioners, uh, you're in agreement with closing um, the public portion. All right, thank you. Anybody want to go first? I'll go. I'll start. I'm really familiar with this entire trade area. 
And um, I would say that um, from my experience, having done a lot of business out here, Menards is certainly a destination store. And Menards, it has held on to that southern outlot at Maple Springs. I think with their own plans, they don't know what they'll do with that. I don't have any relationship with that. But um, Wawa will really be serving the existing traffic that is there, the neighborhood, the people that live there. Gas has been, gas and food, uh, it's been circuitous. So I don't anticipate this really increasing additional traffic to the trade area. And I think this is, this is at the corner with a traffic light from uh, Cooper Chapel. Uh, I understand the waivers because of the grade change. And I'm, I think I understand, even though Wawa's concept is completely different from what we're seeing in a lot of restaurants where more and more business is done through a drive-through. We've seen that with Chick-fil-A's and other QSRs. They do 60% of their business through a drive-through. This is the exact opposite and I can understand their business model would need that amount of parking. I, I understand the parking. Uh, only challenge I would say to your, your statement is, for me, is that serving the existing neighborhood, I do agree 100%. But if, if I'm looking at this right, and my memory serves me right, because I did live here for like 13 years, um, the... Um, the interstate is, this is the first gas station heading south to the interstate. I'm saying that while I think about it, but I'm almost sure it is. And especially with it being a destination, I think the traffic, uh, I think it's going to add interstate traffic. But to the point, I think all of that is going to be right there and contained at that Cooper Chapel um, interchange right there. So for me, talking about the Maple um signalization I don't think is as much of a problem for me but I agree with everything else you said any other comments I'll add to your comment you make a you make a good point about people needing gas they'd either go left up to the Thornton's north at Manslick or they turn right so if I'm traveling off the interstate and in the dire need of gas I'm going to go south then I take that left and a right in and I think I would exit the exact same way. Anybody else? Yes, sir. That's presuming everybody knows there's gas there. I think it'll probably be more of a, a people that live in the area going there to get their gas rather than somebody traveling around and, and being on the interstate to go for a longer distance. I agree completely with the all three waivers that are requested the you know we would plan for about 100 people in that store just based on square footage and then you know you have another <clears throat> 12 people sitting outside eating so i can i can understand the the additional parking uh the only thing that i i really got in my mind is if at some point in time we do decide, yeah, or somebody decides that the traffic signals needed that Preston and Maple Spring, some poor soul isn't getting saddled with the full expense for something else, or we have an issue where we could have been planning ahead and addressing that, that 
issue when we had the opportunity. So that's the only misgiving that I had. And again, maybe I'm just thinking too far ahead. Anybody else? Okay, with with that, commissioners, we have to actually take action once again um, for. Uh, I, I did have one question. So, if we're going to ask them to implement the roadway improvements, or if there are, I guess, concerns that the state may still have questions on the traffic study, how is that addressed? I hadn't heard from them, so we received it, and I never got comment from them. KYTC, they provided their initial comments, but then they never had anything additional to provide afterwards. So I presume they are okay with everything, but I, I didn't get comments from them. Transportation was okay with it, and they... So, no, I spoke with transportation just today, and the the traffic study they provided says that this is their responsibility to do the turn lane. So, well, it wasn't shown on the plan. I... You know, and I'm sorry for the late notice. I didn't realize this was actionable. I thought, I I, I thought we were moving it. Uh, yeah. So how how will that be handled, or is there just? I don't know if they are in agreement with what their traffic study says. If that's something, I'm assuming if they submitted a traffic study that says something's their responsibility, they've got to see it first. Jay or Julia, if they wanted to, could they either condition or add a binding element that says that they would give us a plan that shows that turn lane? I don't know. With that traffic study, is that just them saying that they think one should be added? I think. I mean, it looks pretty thorough. No, yeah. It, it literally warrant. says responsibility. Blah, blah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if that. Okay. I see what you're saying now. Okay. Um. What do you think, Julia? Could they provide a plan after the fact that shows the turn lane? You could add a binding element. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that's that the easiest be. way to do it. I, did you want to hear from the applicant regarding that turn lane? As long as they're, I mean, literally the traffic study says responsibility, Wawa. And so I'm assuming they're in agreement, but what, if what, they would like to speak on that. Yeah, let's, I'd let's like come, to hear from the applicant. Yeah, let's Actually, come out of. Is it closed right now? No, yeah, we can come out. And, okay, and okay. ask that question. So, so it's a proposed the right turn lane already exists today, from right. Preston for Cooper Chapel onto Preston Crossing. This traffic study recommends a small lengthening of that turn lane, and that's it. And and you agree yeah, to do that. to do that work? Okay. So yeah, and to Commissioner Kern's um, point, we will add that as a binding element. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Where. Where exactly was that right turn lane again supposed to be? There's an existing right turn lane from Cooper Chapel westbound to southbound Preston Crossing Boulevard into the Menards development. That right turn lane would get extended slightly, a short distance, not very far. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm still trying to think. Yeah, top through. screen, okay. right by the purple right. line, the right turn lane that comes into the Menards site. Right. Yes. I mean, that's a good that idea. would get extended that's... to the east a little bit. Okay. That's it. You mean to the west? Yeah. Preston Highway's west. Yeah, sorry. East. Yeah, west. My, okay. Yeah. Now it's making more sense. Yeah. Any other questions, comments well, before we close again? And, and just 
since we're talking, um, Julie had brought up that if you look at the staff report, there's not really findings per se in the staff report regarding the parking waiver. It discusses it, but then it says the committee will want to determine. So we're going to need to make some findings for that waiver. For the parking. For the parking waiver. Yeah, the other the other stuff you can just rely on the staff report if that's the direction you want to go. But the staff report didn't really make, they presented evidence, but they didn't make like a conclusory finding that we can just rely on. Okay. Do we want to table this and let staff do some work on those things and come back later when we have them? Well, we only need the binding element. I think the... Um, the findings can be part of the motion, right. probably need mm -hmm. to be part of the motion. Um, and I, just correct me if I'm wrong, those findings could be based on the model and um, testimony, correct? Right. Mm -hmm. Is that all the findings that we need to make in order to, to approve a parking waiver? You're gonna to wanna to be specific about the testimony, like whose testimony and what was said that would uh, justify the parking waiver. Uh, because if you just say testimony, it's going to be really difficult to discern out of that what you actually mean from the testimony. Would would it be better just to take another case and then draft up some findings to be sure that we address everything that needs addressing? Uh, and then come back to it in a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, if you all wanted to, uh, like one of you wanted to do that, then and you, and you don't think you could do it during the motion, then yeah, I, that would probably be a good idea. Yeah, I just, I'm afraid of missing something. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to table it and then come back to it later to have a more specific findings in the motion, we could do that. Yeah, and that way we can also be sure that we get that right turn lane could be too. Okay, so I, I I do think that if we're going to table it, right, because we're going to move on and and come back to this one. So I just want to take a, I guess. We have some a big case coming up. Yes. So exactly, how far will so, we table this? Well, the problem is the big case is next. No, no. We have, uh, uh, we have. Hold on, I have quite a few people. Hold on. Which one is this? Yeah, I have quite a few people signed up to speak for 0088. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we thought the bigger case was the zoning case. Hang on just a second. Uh, so, but if there's people here for the next one, you may maybe want to take a break in between the two, between this one and the other one, and then, or, or t just take a break now and not table it. Uh, so you could go ahead and, and figure those out. Okay. So. We're going to take staff advice and we're going to take a break um, while the staff prepares some language for us and we'll come back and finish this case. Okay. Take a, take a 10 minute break.
Okay, we'll go ahead and get started back. We have some language to read. Do you have? Well, I think I'm ready to make a motion. <laughs> well, before you do that, let's the binding I can read out. the language for the binding element. Okay. Yeah. Great. So it would be the applicant shall extend the right-hand turn lane on Cooper Chapel Road per the traffic studies recommendation. Does that work? How many feet? If legal is okay that that's detailed enough. Talk about maybe adding the date of the study. I think yeah. you had the date. I had complete eastbound right turn lane extension on Cooper Chapel Road in accordance with the September 12th, 2023 traffic impact study recommendation. That's very specific and I think that seems fine. Okay. <laughs> and that'll be binding element number seven? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, in regards to case number 23-DDP-0039, uh, I move we or approve the waiver from the Land Development Code Section 5.5.2 to not provide a pedestrian connection to Preston Highway based on the testimony heard today and the applicants, well, the testimony heard today. Well, I think for the for the general the non parking waiver, you can rely on the staff report as staff well. report. Mm -hmm. Second. Yeah, I'll second the inclusion the motion with the inclusion of the staff yeah. report. Properly made motion and second. Roll call vote, please. Kern. Yes. Carlson. Yes. Cheek. Sistrunk. Yes. Thank you. All right, guy. In regards to case number. 23 DDP 0039. I move we approve the waiver from the Land Development Code Section 10.2.10 to reduce some of the required 15 foot VUA LBA based on the staff report and testimony heard today. Second. Properly made motion and second. Roll call. Kern. Yes. Carlson. Yes. Cheek. Yes. Sistrunk. Yes. Thank you. All right. In regards to 23 DDP 0039, I move we approve the parking waiver to provide 66 parking spaces, 42 more than the maximum of 24 spaces. 23 parking waiver dash 0009 uh, based on the applicant testimony today regarding their food and restaurant sales and based on the waiver justification submitted by the applicant and the testimony heard today. Second. Properly made motion and second. Roll call. Aaron. Yes. Carlson. Yes. Cheek. Yes. Sistro. Yes. Thank you. Lastly, in 23 DDP 0039, regarding, uh, I recommend we approve the detailed district development plan based on the testimony heard today and the applicants, uh, based on the applicant, the testimony heard today and the staff report. Um, and can you make mention of um, the new binding element and number seven? The new binding element number seven. As read. Yeah, it was read by staff. Yeah. yeah, it includes the binding elements in the staff report plus the one read by staff. Binding elements read by, in the staff report and read by staff. Thank you. Second. Properly made motion and second. Roll call. Kern. Yes. Carlson. Yes. Cheek. Yes. Sistrunk. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Our next case is case 23 DDP 0088. It's a revised 
detailed district development plan and revised major preliminary subdivision with a waiver. Um, project name is Forest Creek Subdivision, located at 4826 Vala Road. Um, the case manager is Ethan Lett. I'll turn it over to you, Ethan. Good afternoon, Ethan Lett, Office of Planning Staff, 444 South 5th Street. This is a Forest Creek subdivision. Go to the request slide, please. Thank you. Uh, so the request today are a waiver to allow a drainage easement to occupy more than 15% of the required rear yard, uh, a revised detailed district development plan, and a revised major preliminary subdivision. So the proposal is a 40 lot subdivision um, and it's got common space uh, buffering along the stream to the south zoned PRD in the neighborhood form uh, access to the lots will be provided from an extension of the right of way uh, that will connect to poplar level road. Next slide please. So here's a view of the zoning map. You can see there's a mix of uses in the area. And here's an aerial view. So there wasn't a good street uh, view of the subject site. So this is a Google Earth image. You can see the majority of the site's pretty heavily treed. Uh, so that top on the left there, that is looking at the school that is to the west of the site, um, looking from East Indian Trail. And then on the right there, that is the view looking up Vallow Road. Um, on the left, all those trees, that is the subject site. On the left there, that's the view from Poplar Level Road. So that um, curb cut there's where the right of way will be extended. And then on the right, um, that's a view of just some of the uh, more commercial industrial uh, development that exists there to the west of the subject site. Those trees in the background there are the subject site itself. So this was the uh, plan from the original change in zoning. Um, it proposed 56 lots. And on the next slide, you'll see the current um, proposal, so they've reduced the number of lots by 16 from 56 down to 40, um, which allows for slightly larger lots. Um, and like I said, providing that, uh, common open space. So here you can see where that, uh, those drainage easements, it's 15 foot drainage easement that, uh, overlap with the required rear yard. Um, so that's why the waiver is being requested. So staff finds that the requested waiver and the proposed plan are adequately justified for approval based on the analysis and the standard of review, uh, with the exception of that uh, waiver relief requested. Uh, the plan meets or exceeds the requirements of the land development code. So your required actions today are to approve or deny the waiver, approve or deny the revised detailed district development plan, and approve or deny the revised major preliminary subdivision. Are there any questions? Questions, commissioners? Could I see a full size plan when you get a moment? Yeah. Any other commissioners have any questions? Okay, hearing none, we will go to the applicant here, John Baker. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the committee. Uh, my name is John Baker, um, 400 West Market Street, Suite 2000, Louisville, Kentucky, 40202. 
Excited to be here this afternoon on behalf of Rebound. Joining me is Michael Gardner with Rebound, as well as Alex Rosenberg with AL Engineering. Alex was also the engineer on the initial plan that went with the rezoning in 2018, 2019. Um, and Rebound um, is a, a nonprofit that was born out of a private public partnership between Louisville Urban League, the city of Louisville, and Main Street Realty in 1993 to go look for underutilized properties and, and find affordable housing solutions. And before I go on about the case itself, I'd like to invite Michael Gardner to, to speak a little bit about Rebound and what they do and what their current efforts are um, before we move on. Um, so if you would, Michael. And just provide the committee your name and address. Uh, Michael Gardner, 1535 West Broadway. Um, as John mentioned, uh, Rebound, we um, actually are started uh, as part of the Louisville Urban League back in 1993. This is our 30th year. Uh, again, our main mission is to expand the supply of affordable housing throughout the community. Um, this is our first venture this far south um, in the county. And uh, we're hoping to make this a home ownership opportunity for 40 home buyers. Thank you, Michael. And Michael will be available for the committee for any questions you might have about rebound or what they're looking to do, particularly on this site. Um, let's go to the next slide, please. Um, here is an aerial shot taken from Google Maps. Just there are two outlines there. The outline on the left, that weird, awkward looking parcel is public right of way, along with the 2018 the approval was given in 2019, it was applied for in 2018, but a street closure case was alongside the rezoning um, because they were closing that existing right of way on the left. And then as part of the site design, bringing uh, the public right of way through the middle so it can serve two sides of the street to provide lots that'll be served by public right of way. Um, and just a little bit about that, that rezoning, which the Planning Commission heard in February 2019, it was rezoned in April of 2019. It took property from R4, R5, R7, and M2 and took it to PRD for 56 billable lots. I want to note that that R7 section was over five acres, which, you know, there are environmental sensitivities on this site. And, you know, that was part of the justification for the down zone, but that would have provided a yield of over 174 units for that R7 section of the property. Here today, we're asking for a further, um, you know, reduction in intensity and density of the property from what was approved with the rezoning the PRD in 2019. And we think this is an appropriate reduction to have 40 buildable lots with four extra lots, one being a common space lot and some lots for the buffer to, uh, to the ditch blue line stream there that is to the south near uh, East Indian Trail. Let's go to the next slide if you would. Here is a zoning slide. You can see this property is kind of wedged up next to an industrial area. Um, there is a suburban workplace that you see in blue there. And then right to the right is also a suburban marketplace corridor. So you have three form districts right here kind of coming together. Um, and we do believe that's a, a good area for, um, for housing to be put, especially housing that uh, Folks need a, a moderately priced starter home so they can get their own um, home to live in. And then this section of Poplar Level Roadway is also served by transit. TARC has a route on Poplar Level. 
Um, so again, another area where you can put manageable density um, and folks can access transit and not have to rely upon a, a vehicle um, for transportation, or at least solely on a vehicle. Um, and then you can see in this area, there's a collection of, of zoning districts, commercial along the suburban marketplace corridor, workplaces in the industrially zoned properties, as well as various densities of residential. And the, the larger piece directly uh, west of the site is uh, East Indian Trail or Indian Trail Elementary School. So there is a school in the area too. Let's go to the next slide. Here is the originally uh, proposed and approved site that was accompanying the rezoning that was approved in 2019. Um, you can see here, I think all the way, it starts at one there on the left side, going all the way around um, and ending at 56. And as you'll see moving forward, we're keeping basically the exact design of what was already approved in 2019, just lessening the number of the buildable lots. Therefore, as, as Ethan said, each lot will absorb more property and be a little bit bigger um, and have a total cumulative less house count for, for the development. Let's advance to the next slide, please. This is just excerpts from the Planning Commission's 2019 minutes, um, shows the zoning request. Uh, you know, oddly enough, that the waiver for the overlap was not triggered for some reason that might've been missed in the 2019 case because that waiver should have applied then as well. Uh, it's a waiver this commission and committee see all the time as it relates to an overlap of the rear yard requirement and utility easements. Um, and we are asking for that waiver today. Um, but also because that plan came through with a rezoning, hence the uh, amended plan request and an amended major subdivision plan, kind of you've got a development plan and a subdivision being one and the same, but under two, two terms there. Let's move forward to the next slide, please. Here is what is being proposed today. Um, as I mentioned, you can see the design, the site design is, is just like the originally approved plan, just has less lots to them. <clears throat> and you can see here to the right is the ditch area outside of the subdivision. That ditch area is in between the subdivision and East Indian Trail. One of the main concerns when this case was proposed in 2018, 2019 was a potential connection to Valor Road, which is the existing uh, road that serves residences, uh, single family residences right to the east of our property. There is no proposed connection to Valor Road and there is no proposal to connect uh, this proposed roadway across the ditch to East Indian Trail. We'll use the site design here to input, to insert public right-of-way that will connect to existing public right-of-way. Uh, the curb cut of which exists today on property level, we do have a couple pictures of that. Ethan did show it in his presentation, but you can see that detail right above the proposed subdivision. It shows the leg of the public right-of-way coming out to property level. Next slide, please. Here's an image from East Indian Trail. You can see Indian Trail Elementary School. The, the treed site will be uh, the proposed subdivision site. Um, we realize there are a lot of trees on that site. We will be preserving over 23% of that uh, tree canopy. And then once planting requirements are applied, we'll be providing 41% tree canopy on the site. Um, you can see a good picture there of the ditch blue line stream that is uh, 
an environmental sensitivity, and we will be staying out of any buffering from that ditch or any setbacks from that ditch. Um, so let's move to the next slide, if you would. Here is Popper Level going south. You can see that existing curb cut there will be the entrance to the subdivision. Next slide, please. Here is kind of a, a straight on perspective of that curb cut. It's a 40 foot curb cut on Poplar level. Um, and this will go back to the Forest Creek subdivision that will serve 40 individual buildable lots. Let's go to the next slide, please. Um, here is a detail that shows just the, uh, the right of way that'll be dedicated to the public, 25 foot right of way for Poplar Creek Drive. And then the Poplar Creek Circle that just provides access to a number of other lots, um, also a 25 foot right away. And you can see there's that'll stub at the end um, and stay out of the ditch area, the, the Blue Line Stream area. <clears throat> Next slide, please. Here is a, a waiver exhibit that shows um, that on the north side, we have uh, the occupation of the rear yard. It's being occupied by uh, mostly MSD, easements and then we'll have an MSD drainage on the south as well but there's also overhead electrical lines that it, that are in place today too so technically there's two layers of easements that go across the back uh, properties let's go to the next slide please <clears throat> here shows the uh, the environmental sensitivities in the area you can see the blue line stream that comes down um, that is the site boundary that I have right there. Um, and if we can go to the next slide, you can see how the rear single family lots will be outside of the setback area for the Blue Line stream. And there's a water quality unit there that's circled in um, in red where the, the storm water drainage will filter through that before entering into the, the detention area and that detention area also will be serving as a compensation area uh, so i wanted to show that detail as well <clears throat> next slide please and this is a, a rendering of a home that uh, should this be approved but uh, rebound hopes to locate on these lots next slide um, similar shot with a different type of uh, of style and uh, that's really the conclusion of our presentation next slide is just uh, the development plan plus the request summary. If there's any questions of us, our team is here and uh, we'll be listening to comments that the other attendees have for today. Appreciate your time and consideration. Thank you, Mr. Baker. And you did say that Alex Rosenberg was just here for questions, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. Any questions, commissioners? Yes, sir. You uh, mentioned affordable housing. How are y'all defining affordable? Michael will come up and answer that question. And Michael, as you prepare to answer this question, that question, mine was along similar lines if this is part of the um, rebound Chodo and if it's also for sale, part of the, the sellable, not rentable. Yeah, so so rebound is a chodo. We that means we are a certified community housing development organization. Um, at this um, junction, we do not have a proposed sales price. However, how we define affordable is when the end user is spending no more than thirty percent of their monthly income on housing, and so 
that can be achieved in a number of different ways. Um, often and more frequently, buyers that buy our homes also participate in the Louisville Metro Down Payment Assistance Program, where they can receive up to 20% of the purchase price towards down payment and closing costs. So typically, buyers of our properties participate in that program. Um, they're usually first-time home buyers. Um, as an agency, we always require home buyer education uh, counseling, which is also a service that we provide at the Louisville Urban League. Um, if I were to guess today, I would say these houses would be priced in the low 200s, kind of in that realm, or sub 200,000. Um, there'll be three bedroom, two full bath, um, and that uh, rendering is kind of what we envision for that uh, site. These will be starter homes. Reason I was asking, you know, affordable gets defined a lot of different ways. And uh, I think we've got one in the land development code that talks about percentage of the area median income. And you said 30% of the person's average income, which to me could be a little different. Well, okay, so two different things. So. HUD establishes every year a median income for every locality throughout the country. Um, right. I wish I could have it memorized what it is for like a family of four, but I want to say in in Louisville, it may be like close to $58,000, $60,000, um, which would be 80% of the median income. So um, if th this property would have similar restrictions uh, on the income uh, bandwidth that a household could earn. Um, so th that's a different... That's a different um, connotation from just affordable. So, yes, there'll be income restrictions on the buyers. Uh, households may be limited to 80% of area median income, but on an individual level, um, we'll make sure that all of the buyers are not spending more than 30% of their monthly income towards their housing cost. And that's the definition of affordable housing. All right, sir. Thank you. And then the second question, and this is a really slight detail. If if you take a look at the street that's running left to right that dead ends, you will see on that diagram, it's right there. There you go. It's kind of squared off. If you could back up a few slides right There, I think maybe another one, it shows a little bit of a hammerhead. And yeah, there you go. So which of them two are you gonna be using? We'll be using the hammerhead. I mean, these details did come off uh, the layers of Alex's engineering plan, so um, we can commit to that. Yeah, Cause that would make it easier if you have some kind of a, an emergency vehicle turnaround need or something like that. Whereas a, I know it's not very, very long and, and it, it's not nearly as critical as it would be for a very, very long street, but yes, sir. since it's there, we may as well be sure it's good enough. Absolutely. All right. All right thank you. That's all I got. Any other questions, commissioners? I right, having no one else signed up to speak in favor. I'm going to move to the opposition. Um, we have three people signed up to speak in opposition. I have Natalie Jacobs, James Lynch, and Paul Bemis. Um, I'll take Natalie Jacobs first. And just as a reminder, when you come up, if you could give us your full name, 
address along with your zip code and then you can continue. Good afternoon. My name is Natalie Jacobs. I live at 4811 Valor Road. Um, we live on, if you're coming from Papa Lovell, we are on the left side. Um, I'm representing a lot of our neighbors. We have like 21 homes on that road. Um, in 2018, they wanted to come down the road and it was a private road and that's what we were opposed of. So this time, all we got was this meeting. So we didn't know what was really happening. It looks like they've taken some of the ideas that we gave in 2018 and put that together, but I'm still kind of confused. Where are you going to enter the neighborhood and will it come down Valor Road, our private road? Um, they will answer during their rebuttal. You can ask all your questions oh. now and then they'll answer after all the opposition is done. Okay. Well, because if they are trying to come down our road at the end um, where the wooded area is, there are homes that extend on the left. That is the oldest people that have been there for over 60, 70 years, things like that. Is the, are we going to have some kind of fencing or something that would, would keep the, we just are really afraid of all of this coming into this private road here. It's very quiet. I've got, um, videos where we do have to park on our street. We don't have any um, sidewalks. So um, if I'm missing this, I may be arguing the wrong thing, but our proposal was just coming down our road, creating a lot of traffic, um, creating, we felt like more crime. It's very private. And a lot of times when they're talking about the diagrams and stuff, I feel like they leave us out. <laughs> we feel like they really don't feel that we're really important right there. But um, we wanted a wall to seal off the additional noise. Um, we were concerned about the wildlife and things that live back there because development that has happened across the street on Papa Level has caused a lot of raccoons and things to come because we're the only kind of homes right in that area. We are around a lot of industrial. Um, we would like a lot of the trees to stay and I'm listening to that they're doing that. It sounds like they have lessened um, the amount of homes and things like that. That was our concerns. Um, I did have some questions about that water drainage. Um, my neighbors that are on the right hand side, I was, I can't tell if they're talking about the water drainage. Will they be moving back their fences? For that, I, you know, I, I, I'd like to have some more information about how the water's going to drain off and not into our neighborhoods or things like that. Um, I do not know anything about these codes, the HOAs and these um, numbers you guys are throwing out there, the RF, R4, R5, or PDR that got changed in 2019. But of course, our other concerns would be is if we could just keep our little road private like it is, not have any through traffic coming through it. Um, the concerns of the construction, the dirt and the animals, if those kind of things could be taken in consideration of the neighbors that are living there. Um, on that side, um, like I said, it's a lot of elderly people that live on that side. And I don't know since it's been wooded for so long, if maybe they have their yards extended more than they need to be. Um, I did talk to 17 people on from the 21 houses that are on our street. Um, you know, they were really opposed to it, but we do know we cannot ask someone not to sell their own property. We just want to protect what we have and to know that, hey, we're there. We are very important and we're already all around industrial. We just don't need a much more crowded um, things coming around us. 
Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have James Lynch. afternoon james lynch 4822 Valor road um, 40213 uh, back in 1963 my parents built the house that i bought from my two brothers after mom passed away i'm the last house on the right we're right down here on 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 the end uh we were concerned again that they were going to bring it in off of vala now, if what I'm hearing is correct, they're not going to do that now. And they're not going to and they're not going to do anything to us. But what we would like is to just be sure that that's where they come in at and that they we do have, get a barrier between the new uh, subdivision going up and our subdivision. We want a barrier. Other than that, uh, like Natalie said, we can't stop progress. But we, we do want to protect what we have. And the majority of these homeowners have been there decades. They're comfortable with what's going on, um, the way things are right now. You know, as long as they're not coming through off of Valla and, and we get some type of substantial barricade between the two neighborhoods, uh, I can't see where we'd have any other problems than that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Um, next, we have Paul Bemis, Jr. Paul Bemis, Jr., 4823 Valor Road, 4213. I understand that you all are putting in affordable Houses, is that correct? Is that what what we heard? You you could just keep going and then they'll officially respond. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, they putting in affordable houses. My thing is, you put affordable houses in, Section 8 or whatever, that takes our property value down. And we don't want no connections between what they putting in and what we already have. So, I suggest that they put a, a barrier up where they can't have access to our neighborhood, our, our subdivision. That's my concern. And so I don't, I, I, I'd just like to hear some, some answers, that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Brandon Doricum. Hello, Brandon Dorenkamp, uh, 4812 Vala Road. I live on the side that I think they're uh, going. Could we possibly go back a slide or two to where they were showing uh, one more, maybe? Uh, one more. So that, yeah, you had it, I think. The 15% that they're talking, are they talking about taking 15% of my backyard to put in a ditch or 
I don't know. I'm addressing the question to them. So are we putting, are we taking away 15% of my backyard to put in a drainage ditch or are you all going to take 15% out of their already or the land that you're going to use for the new houses to put in that drainage ditch? Cause I don't think it's really fair to take away what we already have. Uh, second thing, the, there's a lot of wildlife in that forest, that little area of land. There's deers. There's a whole bunch of bats. Uh, walnut trees that only these bats will mate and breed in. I don't know if they have a plan for the animals in that area because there is deers in that area and coyotes. I've got pictures of coyotes and stuff. Uh, thirdly, uh, all right, I'm not sure if the way it's reading, it looks like they're going to make this maybe an HOA neighborhood. Uh, it says a four board horse style fence, no greater than 48 inches in height shall be installed at the boundary of the easement along Paula road located to the rear lots of 19 to 27, which should be mine. Maintenance shall be response. Maintenance shall be the responsibility of forest Creek HOA, which I'm assuming is the new HOA that they're trying to make. Uh, I don't think a four board horse style fence, four feet tall is going to do anything. Maybe we can get a bigger fence, uh, maybe not knock down so many trees because we have a lot of space back there that's covered by trees. I mean, it saves on everybody's bills around my area. We don't make a lot of money in my area. So it seems like everything price-wise is going to go up for us and our home value is going to go down. We could answer those questions. That's all I have. Thanks. Thank you. Um, that is all I have time to speak. Anyone signed up online? Okay, perfect. We'll go back to um, Mr. Baker um, to address um, some of the questions. Sure. I appreciate um, folks' questions on this, and I will try to answer the, to the best I can. Since we're on this slide here, uh, just response to uh, Mr. Dora Camp's questions. Um, he, he's correct. We will not be taking, we're not allowed to take any property from other private property. Um, the 15 um, percent, it's over 15 percent, um, and that is, there's a required, as this committee knows, there's a required rear yard requirement, and there's a zoning regulation, or perhaps it's a subdivision reg regulation, rather, that not to provide an uh, overlap of over 15 percent of that required rear yard area, which is up there represented by yellow, by a utility easement. In this case, it would be an MSD easement. And that's represented in the green area. And so the waiver of that subdivision regulation would allow the rear yards of this subdivision only within the bounds of the proposed subdivision have rear yards that are occupied by more than 15% by utility easement. Uh, so we will not be absorbing or trying to take any other property outside the property boundary of this property. Um, so that's one answer to the question um, to Natalie and and uh, James and, and Paul's concern about connection to Vala. Um, if we could go back kind of to the beginning that shows the, um, and keep going, just the aerial that shows the zoning map, I think would be the most uh, helpful. So here, this slide demonstrates in orange, the boundary of the property that's subject of this request. And it's hard to see from where you're sitting, but on the very left side, that's kind of, uh, that goes the length of that, there's a weird looking shaped lot that is public right of way that was requested to be closed back in 2019 
And it, it was good we had that conversation in the earlier case because I don't believe that was ever recorded, hence the existing uh, nature of that weird lot still there. Um, Metro Council did act on the closure, it just was never recorded because they didn't proceed with that approved development in 2019. So that public right-of-way is being closed and where that public right-of-way is in that picture will be rear yards of lots that are on one side of the proposed street. The street will go through the middle of that and only connect, it'll straddle that property line that's next to the industrial uses colored in blue and it'll connect right up there in that curb cut to Poplar Level. And that's the only proposed connection, so there will be zero connection to Vala Road. Vala Road is a private roadway, um, and you know, without their permission, we could not connect to that anyway. Um, just to make that clear for the record. Um, and as it relates to the four board horse fence, we were not proposing any other fencing. We actually had a question, and I'm glad that was brought up on binding element 16, which carried over from the previous case it says a, a four board horse fence no greater than 48 inches says no greater so that implies that you can have something of less height because some of these proposed lots are actually going to be fronting the, the rear yards will be fronting a private street which in some cases that's treated as a front yard as well and i don't know if you can have a 48 in, inch fence in a front yard in a on a on a lot so that begs the question of whether or not we got a further cap the fencing on those lots to 36 feet, because I think you're permitted three feet of fencing, but not above that in a front yard. Um, and yeah, in, in terms of you know the wildlife, we know there are wild there's wildlife there. That that's a, that's a condition everywhere around Jefferson County. Um, this area is about less than it's about 1.8 miles south of the Waterson. Um, you know, we, we believe it's a good area for housing. Um, that's why we are proposing this reduction in the existing approved plan. And we think what we're proposing today is a better solution than what was approved in, in 2019. Um, so, you know, that's our answer for those, those concerns, those questions. If there's one that I've missed, let me know and um, I'll get an answer for that. I think one of the um, speakers had had talked about affordable and what that might actually mean. I think we had discussed it a little bit during our session, but I think they had, that was the one question I heard during opposition. Yeah, I agree. I think Michael probably needs to explain soft seconds versus the true home value, et cetera, to, to really get to the point of the selling price being market value. Yeah, so just as a practice, when we list and sell and market our houses, we we sell for the fair market value. Um, the to the buyer, they may um, purchase a home for two hundred thousand dollars, but their um, borrowing capacity from a lender, uh, they may have they they may only need to qualify for say one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And then that balance is held by a, a soft second uh, second mortgage that's typically forgiven over time um, through occupancy for a number of years, typically 10 to 15 um, to maintain affordability. Um, but um, in response to just, just affordability, yes, these homes will be, um, they'll, they'll be listed and sold to first time home buyers. Um, we do require home buyer education. Um, it's really too early to tell what the prices will be, 
but um, just in real estate has, you know, has houses sell for a, a set number, it, it, it's more than likely probably going to help the surrounding area with new construction um, in terms of uh, bringing up value. So. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions, commissioners? Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Baker, Viney Almut number 15 says no access to Valor Road shall be permitted unless approved by a planning commissioner designee. So that that really kind of keeps you from connecting to Valor Road. And I think that was something that the neighbors brought up back a while ago. And that's that's how that came in, as well as that binding element about the horse fence. So it was as they requested it. That's, is that fair to say? Yeah, and I, that was consistent with my opening presentation to the committee. I said the same, and there's a number of teeth that stick here. I mean, whether it's a binding element or whether it's common law, that it's private property that we can't avail ourselves of because we don't have the authority to avail ourselves of it. Uh, that's another protection they have um, and permission from you all. So, One question I failed to ask, and I'm sorry I didn't earlier, was if if I buy a house in that area and I've got kids that go to Indian Trail Elementary School, how would they walk to that school? Will there be a sidewalk access to it some kind of way, or are they going to have to walk over the river and through the woods? Yeah, I, I don't think we have a proposed connection to, um, I mean, there's no connection across the ditch to a, a, a pedestrian connection there. So a long way around would be go to Poplar Level and walk down the East Indian Trail. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, there can be additional conversations with JCPS about allowing a pedestrian access to the school property. That'd be totally up to them. Um, That was actually a question I had as well, that would there be any opportunity to put some kind of, if you need a formal access near lot 22, which is kind of down at the very bottom, which is, is there, you know, without making a kid cross a ditch, is there any way to have some kind of connection to the J, to the school? Yeah, and while you look at that, I think, the question are, should be, could we put a binding element on it that says that they'll work with JCPS for a connection? And I've seen JCPS do that um, in subdivisions. Um, there is also another drainage ditch that wraps around um, those, the, which would be the backyards that get closest to the ditch there. So they would be have to have a bridge to span that ditch as well. Um, uh, you know, a condition to work with JCPS. I guess we can try to work with JCPS, um, but obviously there's nothing we can commit to or or guarantee that will happen. As, as well, uh, and I think what I'm asking is that you'll work with JCPS, and if allowed by JCPS, that you guys will install and provide the um, the, the the area in order to do it, the land to do it. Any other questions, commissioners? 
I'll talk slow. So here you go. I'll, I'll try to write faster. <laughs> uh, something I threw together real quick. The applicant shall work with Jefferson County Public Schools to provide pedestrian access to Jason JCPS school if allowed by Jefferson County Public Schools. That work for you? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good for everybody else. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Before you guys make a motion, I would just like to make a, a technical suggestion on that existing condition 16. It spells out lots 19 through 27 with the proposed plan. Those lots that would match the previously approved lots 19 through 27 on today's plan would be lots 14 through 18. Or on the plan as approved by the LDNT committee on October 26, 2023. Can we make it? Yeah, and you could, when you, if you make a motion on the DDP with the binding elements, you could just uh, update that binding element. That's that's something that happens pretty regular when you have the lot, something's referring to a specific lot number and they'll change in a subsequent layout. So, yeah, you could just do that in the motion. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, how would that go again, Jay? Uh, just so whatever was a binding element 15, I believe, uh, or 16, you can just say that the, num the lot number shall be updated to reflect the correct lot numbers on the new, um, you know, the corresponding area on the new lot layout. Will you go 14 to 18 or just say a reflect update? Yeah, I mean, you could, it, John said 14 to 18. That seems to be correct. I think. Okay, then I think we could probably just do that. Yeah, just update those numbers to say lots 14 through 18 when referencing that required fence. And is there anything we need to do to be sure that we're, we're proving the hammerhead version of the plan versus the one that staff has in the file? I, transportation had made that comment initially, so they probably wouldn't stamp the plan until they saw that that was on a revised plan that was submitted. You you could do that one as an on condition. We probably wouldn't do a new binding element for that one, but you could say approve on condition that the uh, turnaround is constructed as shown. Well, if you base your motion on the on the testimony, then their testimony was it is the hammerhead, so therefore that would carry anyway. Any other questions? Questions? Okay, hearing none, um, we're gonna close the public portion and um, deliberate. We do have action and all action, um, it stays here at the um, LDNT. So um, any comments? I, I think I'm gonna go first, cause I'm, I'm, Chodos are very near and dear to me as I was, am a former, um, president of a Chodo board myself. And one of the misconceptions is that when you think about affordable housing, we normally think about the barrack styles or the apartment styles that are being put up. But these, as uh, Michael mentioned, actually do normally bring up the property value. And that's because they are recorded as the as the actual amount of the overall loan. So first plus second. So they're not 
even though the person is only paying for the first because it's called a soft second. I won't get into all of that. But the whole purpose is it brings up the cost of the property, especially as we are experiencing a high um, cost of real estate at this time. So I wanted to kind of just mention that. And then secondly, we always hearing to separate neighborhoods and me, myself, I'm never a fan of that because we, we should be trying to create community, not create, um, create division. Um, so I, I, I don't think we should be asking for a high separation fence between this subdivision and that subdivision. Hopefully one day they'll have pot, potlucks and merge every subdivision together. So I'm really not in favor of that. But I do, I will say that the use of this land and, and even though it's already been approved to change the zone in years and years ago, but I'm, I would say that the use of this and being right adjacent to a school, which it was a good catch to to make sure we we try to get a connection there, it's great because you know we need more um, affordable housing for first time home buyers or shall I say those that meet the uh, the the income guidelines. And then um, secondly, you know, for kids to be able to walk to school is 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 pretty important. So that's that's my statement on this one. Anybody else? Are you ready for a motion? I surely am. Or Matt Murray, your paper there's. Uh, in regard to case 23 DDP 0088, I move that we approve a waiver of the land development code section 7.3.30 E to uh, allow a drainage easement to occupy more than 15% of the required rear yard and I will base that on the staff report the applicant's testimony and that we adopt the staff's analysis for the justification of the waiver second properly made motion is second roll call vote please Kern. yes cheek yes Carlson yes Sistrunk. yes thank you and I move we approve in case 23 DDP 0088 the revised detailed district development plan on condition that they update the plan to include the turnaround as described by the applicant during their presentation for the dead end uh, closest towards Indian Trail and that we revise binding element number 16 to change the lot numbers from 19 to 27 to 14 through 18, and that uh, an additional binding element number 17 be added that says, the applicant shall work with the Jefferson County Public Schools to provide a pedestrian access to the adjacent Jefferson County School if approved by the Jefferson County Public Schools. And I'll base that all on the staff report and the applicant's testimony. Second. Properly made motion and second. Roll call, please. Kern. Yes. Cheek. Yes. Carlson. Yes. Sistrunk. Yes. Thank you. And for uh, 23 DDP 0088 with the associated case of 23 uh, revised preliminary subdivision case 0002, I move that we approve the uh, revised major preliminary subdivision and I will base that on the applicant's testimony and the staff report. Second. Probably made motion and second roll call vote, please. Kern. Yes. Chief. 
Carlson? Yes. Mr. Trump. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Our next case on our agenda is 23 zone 0030. And this is a change in zoning from R4 single family to R5 single family, um, R5A and R6 multifamily and C1 commercial with major preliminary subdivision gen general district development plan, a detailed uh, district development plan with binding elements for a grocery store with a waiver and a variance located at 6803 and 6805 Beulah Church uh, Road. Um, the case manager is Jay Luckett. And this case was before us at the land, at the last LDNT. And so, Jay, as you're doing your presentation, I know there was a couple things that we want to hone in on. So if you can refresh the commission on that. Yeah, Jay Luckett, Louisville Metro Plan Design Services, 444 South 5th Street. I'll, I'll start saying Office of Planning. I, I'm on, it's been been too uh, too long saying the same thing over and over again. 444 South 5th Street, 40202. Um, yeah, this was heard at the uh, last, the October 12th LDNT meeting. Um, I think the feeling that was generally it was ready for a public hearing, but there were still a few outstanding uh, questions concerning uh, mostly the timing of roadway constructions. Um, along Beulah Church Road, uh, ongoing discussions with uh, KYTC on exactly um, how and when those roadway constructions would be built. Uh, so as of today, um, you know, I think the applicant, the applicant can probably give you a little more information about their, their uh, discussions with KYTC, but they have presented a roadway improvement plan. Um, and the indication is essentially that whatever else they build in this development, the grocery itself is warranting all of the roadway going out there in Beulah Road. Uh, and they have provided a um, an exhibit. There was a different emails attached to the applicant, so we can find that maybe. Um, but in, in any case, there is an exhibit that they are, that they have presented, and then Jason Richardson from KYTC has commented, you know, indicating that you know that that is consistent with with you know their plans, and you know that they think that if you know when when it goes to permitting, they may still have further um, updates as KYTC may want to do when they do permitting, but. Uh, yeah, I think this is the, so they provided this exhibit showing some of the, uh, the turn lane changes, the road widening, um, and probably, I think there's also going to be a signalization, a new signal at that, uh, proposed, uh, Cedar Creek extension. That's the, that was the main point of discussion that was, that was asked to bring back before formally sent on to the planning commission. Thank you. Any questions, commissioners? Yes, sir. The signalization at Cedar Creek, who's paying for that state or the, the applicant is doing all, all of these roadway constructions that are to be constructed by the applicant along with the uh, grocery store. Uh, we would have some probably have a binding element that it would all be required to be done prior to certificate of occupancy. They'll have a couple more binding elements left to write before that planning commission. So those those are still being drafted, those binding elements. Yeah. And will they be available for us to look at before the meeting? Yeah, I'll have that already in the, the staff report prior to the planning commission on the 16th. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Yes, yes, ma'am. Oh, no, just a statement. Uh, Beth Suber and I were able to talk with Jason Richardson this morning, and I think the applicant has proposed some binding elements, and we've committed to working through that um, as soon as we can to get something that is agreeable. Any other questions? Okay, we have two people signed up to speak in support, one and other. 
Um, so we'll go to um, Nick Prigliasco. Nick? Yeah, uh, Nick Prigliasco, Barnum for Talbot and Roberts, uh, 1000 North Hurstburn Parkway, Louisville, Kentucky, 4223. Um, as Jay mentioned, uh, we were here before at LDNT. At LDNT, we were um, <clears throat> given a, a public hearing date of, I think, November 16th, but because there was another LDNT, we had said there were some there were some questions that were raised as to potential overlap of some of the improvements that the applicant is going to be constructing, as well as the improvements that are on a KTC plan already for the KTC to do that work. Uh, so uh, we have since that last LDNT meeting sent over the, the detailed plans to KTC and I say we, but uh, Diane, as well as land design have met with the KT uh, and they verified that those plans all work. Uh, so the, the point being is, is the last time we were here, the issue was just wanted to make sure that we everything was buttoned up as to the potential overlap of what the applicant would be constructing as well as what KTC would be in the future. And that now has been flushed out. We will have a couple of additional binding elements that we would, uh, uh, as Jay mentioned, we'll have that all in advance of the public hearing, but we're all in agreement on the the um, the terms of those. So it's just a matter of working through the the specifics of, of what is being requested. The um, we would have one as far as the traffic signal as well. It would be the applicant expense there. With that, I can take any questions. Uh, I think Diane and, uh, is here. Diane Zimmerman is here, uh, as well as Eric Sen with Land Design, who can answer questions on the. The plan that was put together and reviewed by KTC. Thank you, Nick. Any questions? Yes, sir. I'm always curious about traffic signals. So, what would the timing of that installation be? With the, the grocery store or with departments or? Well, with that, I mean, my understanding is is that uh, uh, one, we would be responsible for constructing it or not funding part of it, or we would be, be our responsibility. Traditionally, I think you have to build the side road and then meet warrants before you can install it, but we would install it as soon as it met warrants, I guess. Uh, if you know, I can let Diane maybe correct me if I'm wrong on that, but my um, point being is it would be installed as soon as possible, but I don't know that we would have it until the actual side road is constructed. So basically, you, you have to meet the warrants before you can put it in versus anticipating meeting the warrants and then putting it in. Right. You got to right. have a problem before you have a solution. That, yes, exactly. You have to, and that, we've had that issue come up a couple of times in other cases where, you, you know, applicant would agree to install it, but they we have to wait until the traffic is actually generated by the side roads. Generally, it's a side road that creates the warrant. Uh, and and then once it does meet that, what is it, eight-hour warrant or however they determine to check it here, then it will be installed. So the binding element would reference that basically be installed essentially as soon as possible, just depending on that, that aspect. Because this would be the, what, the intersection we're talking about would be where that new future, be the road that ultimately would go over to Cedar Creek in the future would come through. So it, it would be one that at some point will clearly meet warrants, just a matter of how quickly. Yeah, I just hate to drag out something, you know, it's going to happen and then have to go through the construction. And because I've watched a, a new traffic signal go in on Preston Highway and it was 
sitting there for a good six months before they actually got around to making it active. And there was a need for it to be there. Why didn't right. it get turned on sooner? Okay. Unfortunately, I think it's a KYTC uh, requirement, but we, we will uh, we'll do everything we can to do it as early as possible. Gotta love state government. Any other questions, commissioners? Okay, hearing none, we have um, David Steff signed up to speak in, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, hold on, Mr. Steff, I'm sorry. Eric Sin signed up to speak in support, is he? Just here, for, okay, thank you. Okay, Mr. Steff, sorry. Um, Mr. Steff signed up to speak as other. While he is making his way to podium, just to let everybody know that Mr. Steff's daughter is married to my son, but, and to be independent. No favoritism, no favoritism here. <laughs> I'll slip you at 100 after the meeting. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. My name is David Steff. I'm president of the Apple Valley Homeowners Association, which is in the uh, 7812 Appleview Lane, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, this project will be in our community. And the reason I'm here speaking out is I missed the first meeting because I was out of town. My question or my concern is the traffic and who is the new public works lady? Is she here? It is me. And I literally have to be 15 minutes away in 10 minutes. So what I'll, is the question? I'll, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. I'm used to Jeff Brown. Um, this project I'm for it. I'm for building and housing, but you all have concentrated your traffic study in the immediate area. A main feeder to this is Beulah Church Road coming from Fagenbush Lane. And I know that is a state road. This is what I always hear. But the county is doing nothing to push the reconstruction of Fagenbush Beulah Church Road. It's been going on for 18 years. Uh, I heard about three weeks ago that there would be no money till 2035. It's a bottleneck. It was a bottleneck when they built it. 2012, Councilman Peden got them to put a right turn lane in, which sufficed for the time. But now the, there's probably 600 more apartments right around Bueller Church Road area. You put all these in, people are going to be coming out Fagenbush, Outer Loop to Bueller Church to go to the Snyder, go to the shopping center. Uh, my question is, what is the county going to do about getting this intersection fixed? So Beulah Church Road is a state road, and we spoke with Jason Richardson, who is the District 5 permit engineer, just this morning. And Beth, correct me if I am wrong. They had a date of 2030, I believe, for, the Beulah, for the Beulah Church project. Mm -hmm. Now, is this the Beulah Church project south of the Snyder, or is this Fagenbush Lane, Beulah Church Road, Outer Loop? It is the three-lane section that will impact this project. Well, you, so it's to the not, south of the interstate. They're not touching anything up that corner that's three-quarter of a mile away. That, that we are aware of. Yeah, uh, you're you're aware of it, but there's nothing. I mean, no, we're not aware of. No, I, I can't. We did not discuss that this morning, so I would have to ask. Uh, you would, and uh, you probably need to because even though it's a state road, the county does maintain it. They cut the grass. They plow the roads. Um, seems like the state has gotten managed. Jefferson County doesn't want to give them any money. 
but like I said, this project's been going for 18 years. They have the right-of-ways. They try to lay it off on utility line relocation now. And I, I know you're in a hurry. Um, but yeah, it needs to be looked at. Jeff Brown's got my number if you want to talk to him. Well, and we can certainly ask the state. They would have the latest information on that. Yeah, and, and need to put some uh, screws to them. Because we really need it because this area of the county is being rapidly developed. You've got 400 apartments going to be put farther out on Cedar Creek Road. And it's going to be a main way out there. Beulah Church Road, because everybody's not going to come to this. We can night. certainly ask them and encourage them to push their projects more quickly. Right. I would encourage you to also reach out to your council person so I that have, they will also. I have, and I've reached out to Kevin Bratcher and also um, Mr. Gentry. Councilman Gentry, go ahead, go, go, go. I understand, I understand. So that's all I've got. I want to make you all aware of that because you all don't live in the area out there. You're not out there in the daytime at, from 4 to 630. This also is causing side roads to be overcrowded because people are trying to avoid the intersection up there. I mean, really, basically, there's been no work done to the road since merger. And Beulah Church Road was made into a parkway, but that's about it. So thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I have no one else signed up to speak. We have anyone online? Okay, we actually don't have any action here other than to agree we're gonna hold the date, right? Right, just agree that the, uh, I think it was 11. December 16th? November 16th. Yeah, November 16th, November yes. 16th, yes. Yeah, just agree that that's fine. Commissioners, do we agree that this can go to the public hearing date that is already set for November 16th? All right, hearing no objections, we will move us to November 16th. Thank you, guys. I right. move adjournment. Perfect. So moved. Thank you.